0: Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story, while the news regarding the global coronavirus pandemic can be discouraging, to say the least, it's important to remember scientists are still making significant positive strides in the fight against other diseases. This March, professors working through the University of Cambridge just confirmed they've cured someone of HIV. You heard that correctly, cured. What's more, this is the second patient who has been cured of HIV in this manner. A report from The Lancet HIV details how this initially anonymous patient, known as the London patient, was diagnosed with HIV-1 in 2003 and put on antiretroviral drugs in 2012. That same year, the London patient was diagnosed with an uncommon cancer known as Hodgkin's lymphoma, and they were prescribed chemotherapy to treat it. To prevent the HIV virus from regaining strength in his body, the patient was given a stem cell transplant from a donor carrying a gene resistant to HIV in addition to chemotherapy drugs. In a surprising move, the patient recently chose to reveal his identity in a profile with the New York Times. Adam Castillejo is a 40-year-old Londoner who was born in Venezuela. Although he noted the journey was long and full of troubling, trying times, he chose to go public in hopes of inspiring others. An earlier study from 2019 proved Adam was experiencing sustained remission, but the authors warned it was still too early to deem this remission a cure. Now that he has been confirmed to have been in remission for 30 months or so with no antiretroviral medication, the authors of the study are confident that the London patient is entering lifelong remission, meaning that he is effectively cured of HIV. The lead study author, Professor Ravindra Kumar Gupta, stated, We propose that these results represent the second-ever case of a patient to be cured of HIV, adding, Our findings show that the success of stem cell transplantation as a cure for HIV, first reported nine years ago in the Berlin patient, can be replicated. Other experts echo the warnings from that 2019 report. Professor Sharon R. Lewin from the University of Melbourne in Australia notes, given the large number of cells sampled here in the absence of any intact virus, is the London patient truly cured? The additional data provided in this follow-up case report is certainly encouraging, but unfortunately, in the end, only time will tell. This also isn't confirmation of a mass cure for the people around the world currently suffering from HIV. It comes with an incredibly high risk. Professor Gupta describes it as a last resort, specifically for patients with HIV who also have life-threatening hematological malignancies, such as the London patient and the earlier Berlin patient. Dr. Gupta believes HIV patients on successful antiretroviral treatment should continue the course. But in a world so inundated with bad news these days, it's wonderful to hear some uplifting reports in the ongoing fight against HIV. Our second story, the notorious and prolific serial killer Lonnie David Franklin Jr., dubbed the grim sleeper by the media, was found dead in his cell Saturday evening at San Quentin State Prison. This is according to a statement by the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. There were no visible signs of trauma on the corpse and an autopsy is currently underway as we record. Franklin worked as a city trash collector and also as a garage attendant at a LA Police Department station. He was given his nickname because it appears he had a 14-year dormant period between 1988 to 2002 when he was, so far as authorities can tell, not committing crimes. This is not an unprecedented pattern, as Dennis Radar, also known as BTK, had a similar pause before returning to his murders. While Franklin has been convicted of killing 10 people, experts suspect he may have actually murdered as many as 25 women, possibly more. He was sentenced to death on August 10, 2016, in Los Angeles County. Pending the conclusion of this investigation, it appears the grim sleeper may have passed away in his sleep. Since California reinstated the death penalty in 1978, 82 inmates on death row have died of natural causes, 27 have died by suicide, and 13 have been executed. This means that more people have died of natural causes on death row than have actually had their sentence carried out by the state of California. Our thoughts remain with the surviving family and friends of the victims, and we hope ongoing investigations into the suspected additional victims of the killer can provide some sense of closure. And our last story for today ends the show on a quirky but helpful note. Are you, like many people currently sheltered at home, worried about your stock of toilet paper? If so, you're not alone. You've probably seen the numerous photos of ransacked grocery stores on social media, or even communicated with your friends and colleagues to figure out which stores still have supplies in stock. You see, toilet paper has become yet another example of panic buying in the U.S. and abroad, with millions of people rushing to stores and grabbing as much, and more, toilet paper than they would otherwise buy. Part of the motivation here is psychological. Better to have too much TP than too little, right? Yet another part of the motivation is uncertainty. Many people, after all, don't have an exact idea of how much toilet paper they use on an average basis, whether that's a week or a month let alone a year. And now there's good news for everyone wondering just how long their stash of precious TP will last. It's thepooptool.com. This online tool uses a few basic stats to estimate how long your household's toilet paper will last. Here's how it works. Pooptool starts with the assumption that the average daily fecal output of a healthy human being is a little over 400 grams. Or about one and a half cups. You're welcome for that visceral image. The poop tool adjusts for the total number of people in your household, as well as for the number of toilet paper rolls you already have on hand. And the creator, Dimitro Spilka, rolled out this application for a good cause, saying... The main purpose of this tool is to help people realize, in an interactive way, that they don't actually need that much toilet paper to survive the quarantine, thereby allowing others, more vulnerable people, to shop normally. Of course, the creator readily admits the poop tool should not be confused with exact science. People's fecal output can vary for any number of uh, plausible or gross reasons, diet, health, and so on. And, perhaps more importantly, your individual restroom technique will also play a huge role. I quite like the way Weiss put it. The heft of your dumps does not necessarily relate to the power of your wipage. Bidet owners, we presume, are excited to see their preferred sanitation method getting more and more attention. In fact, multiple companies have sold out of bidets or put them on back order, scrambling to meet the new unexpected demand. One thing's for sure, it's a good time to be in the plumbing business. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners might enjoy. Bad dad jokes or your personal experiences with COVID-19. Let us know what it's like in your neck of the woods by tagging Strange Daily on Twitter. Here are some of your recent responses. MS Rectum writes, no real sense of impending doom here in the Osaka area. Good to hear, MSR. Keep us updated. The Daily Claire writes, I keep opening my Instagram to videos of local businesses converting to manufacturing face masks for our healthcare workers. From leather goods to custom bridle, if they have machines, they are making it happen. Sometimes strange is awesome. This is an inspiring message, Claire. Thank you for sending it. And I'm thrilled to announce that you and the local businesses in your area are not alone. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of businesses across the planet are converting to meet the global demand for face masks. Let us know what your local businesses are doing to help. Fracky Fire writes, I've been fortunate in that I'm able to work from home and don't have to worry about losing my job. Financial regulation is a busy gig these days. Unfortunately, my new supervisor is a real micromanager. We should note Fracky Fire has helpfully included a photograph of her supervisor, who appears to be a cat. If you'd like to share with your fellow listeners, join us on Twitter. Tag your post, hashtag StrangeDaily. We look forward to hearing from you. You can also find me directly at Ben Bolin, HSW, on Twitter or at Ben Bolin on Instagram. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Garden, And thanks to you. I'm Ben Boland. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, stay strange.